Hi guys, this is your host Ola and welcome to the All Things Money podcast where I'm here to discuss all things money from budgeting, saving, investing and everything else in between. We are officially back for season two of the All Things Money podcast. So welcome back guys. It is good to be back here chatting away. For our very first episode of season two, we are going to be talking about the realities of purchasing a property. Now, I know there are a lot of us, me included, who would like to purchase our own property in the future. However, 79% of you guys shared with me that you're not aware of how the property buying process works. So I thought it'd be a great idea to cover what the property buying process is really like, as I've heard through the grapevine that it can often be a very stressful process. However, to help me discuss all of this today, I am joined with Hayley, host of the Let's Talk Property podcast, to help me cover all of this as she has recently purchased her very own house. Firstly, congratulations, Hayley, and welcome on the podcast. <laughs> so much. How are you doing today? I'm okay. I'm tired. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this whole process of buying a house is not for the faint-hearted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely taking all of my energy. Oh, gosh. Please don't start on a bad note. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but you know what? Yeah, I will give everyone just a reality, but it's definitely worth it. It's definitely yeah. worth it, but I will be giving the reality and probably just ways that I could have improved mm-hmm. things that I did to probably make it less stressful for other people yeah. as well. Yeah. Amazing. Well, that's why I'm excited to have you on today. Um, so before we get started, please introduce yourself to everyone listening. Um, so my name's Hayley. I am 24 years old. I run the page Let's Talk Property and I'm also am the host of Let's Talk Property podcast. Um, I help to manage some of my family portfolio Um, their property portfolio and I have recently just purchased my first property which I intend to use for investment as well my main aim is to scale up in property and then eventually do property full-time but in the meantime I'm currently a teacher and I've been doing that for two years now almost three gosh you've done a lot for your 24 years of age (laughs) I'm I'm getting the eye bags now (laughs) oh god I feel yeah I feel yeah (laughs) so let's delve right into it Hayley before we even start about you know the property buying process how did you go about saving for your property um so it was more like my mom who not like forced it on me but she when I came out of uni she was like, okay, um, you've got your first like salary job, you know exactly how much you're going to be earning from like month to month. So she was like, you can now, you, well, you now need to save properly. Um, she did tell me to save back in uni, but I was kind of dipping into the money mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and then she was like, if you don't save properly, then she will take the money and then, not like take my wages, but take money as like rent yeah. um, for the house. She was like, yeah, basically take rent for the house or you save money as like a house deposit. And from that, and I said, no, I'll save for the house deposit. I'm not paying rent in the, my own house. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So um, that was kind of like a kick up the bum because I think for me, when I first got my first salary, I was really excited. I was like, I've never had this much money before. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I just want to spend it on holidays, on clothes, on hair, on everything. Um, so I had that push from my mom. And we have a really, really, really close relationship. So I didn't find it intrusive. It was more just like, she just wanted to set me on the right path. Of course, of course. Um, and she would regularly like check up on me just say like, okay, so you said that you're going to save this much now um, when we last spoke. So that means that you should roughly have this much in your savings. Do you have that in your savings? And there were some months and I was like, 
like a couple of hundred pounds short <laughs> and she was yeah. like like you need to be consistent with it or it's just going to be a consistent thing where you say you're saving but then you're not saving and you're dipping back into your savings so it's mm-hmm. like be consistent or just don't do it at all yeah yeah no, um, yeah so she's she's really really good with money really good with financial advice so I'm lucky to have that on my side as well and um I think also the push for me to save my house deposit was um she started taking me to property seminars and seeing people my age doing property was like a really big influence so I'm not sure if you saw my page yesterday but someone that I met at one of the property seminars and we started doing like workshops together unfortunately like he passed away um Mm. on Sunday morning and he was actually like one of the biggest influences on me actually purchasing a property um this early because when I first met him he was I think he was 23 and um he had at, at that point I think he had around like five properties so wow. some of them were owned wow. and some of them were doing with through like rent to rent but as like a portfolio of properties he had around five and um as soon as I heard that he was that age with that many properties I was like no you need to let me know like how you did this and he was really like just informal with how he helped me understand like what to do and what to do next and like he really got on top of me he was like have you spoke to a mortgage broker today have you done this today and I was just like no 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 but he was like no like you need to do this because these are the steps that you need to take to take this seriously um so me speaking to like a mortgage broker um getting an agreement in principle showed me how much I was able to borrow from a bank so it made things look more realistic it gave Mm -hmm. myself a goal and once I had that figure of how much I knew I roughly needed for a mortgage deposit I was able to set that goal then also set a savings goal for myself I started off with 10,000 and I knew that I knew how long it would take for me to reach 10,000 so once I had that goal I said yeah I know how to do this now it was more realistic after having spoken to a mortgage broker got my agreement principle like it was just kind of crystal clear like you can do this within like 18 months and you can get that within like 18 months so you just do it yeah no amazing wow firstly like you mentioned you're obviously very fortunate to have your mum yeah definitely (laughs) I'm very lucky to have my mum who's also my accountability partner when it comes to savings obviously not everyone is as fortunate as us but like you said obviously you're quite lucky that you end up essentially having a mentor in the yeah no literally and I think it's good to kind of have someone like that or if someone guys if you're listening you don't have a parent that you can look up to following pages like myself or Haley's are really really good Haley's podcast is actually amazing (laughs) and it's good good insights into obviously the house buying property all the terminology and just everything kind of like that because again we're not taught about that at school 100% I didn't know a lot of it like when I when I first went to my mortgage broker I was just looking at him like he was talking Japanese I was like what are you talking about like what's going on here and I actually felt like really overwhelmed in my first mortgage broker appointment I was like I don't know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. you're asking me do I want like a five-year fixed term a two-year fixed term and I'm like I don't even know what my name is right now like he's asking me these type of questions (laughs) yeah it's just a lot to process all at once and I think if you don't go to the right person um I'm the kind of person needs to be spoon-fed a little bit as well so um I just asked him that I said talk to me as you will talk to your child because that's how you're gonna have to talk yes, to me about this yeah. type of monster because I need things to be very very digestible um I'm a very visual person as well 
And that's why I like posts on my page to be quite visual too, mm-hmm. because that's just how I learn information. I'm not good with like books of text. Yeah. Um, any, well, I should do more videos on my page, but you know. <laughs> I feel you, um, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, videos, I learn from videos and I learn from like infographics type of things as well. So yeah. No, amazing. And obviously, you know, you had a goal of £10,000 to save towards your property. Out of interest, yeah. I personally have a lifetime ISA and I'm a lifetime ISA advocate. Yeah. Did you use any government schemes to help you out? Yeah, so I used the help to buy ISA, but I would only say that I used it because it was the only one that I was like knowledgeable about at the time. I learned about the lifetime ISA quite a bit after and mm. I was like, oh, I went for that one instead. But it was fine. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, whatever. Um, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't really too fussed. The only thing that I was really annoyed about was the fact that you can only deposit £200 in um, a month. So I did have two separate savings accounts running at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that that was it, really. Um, but one thing that I really didn't know is that when you come to buy a house, you get charged please in the bottom of the ISA. <laughs> oh really not like it's not a, it's not a big fee I think it was top of my head I think it was 50 pounds like basically your solicitor oh, okay. just charges you to access the ISA to, to like process oh. it like why like why <laughs> like why gosh well we'll definitely talk about you know the costs that crop up when purchasing a house in a moment so it's funny you did mention that but just going back to the help to buy us obviously I know you mentioned that you had 200 pound a month limit on the help to buy us so guys obviously listening if you don't know what help to buy ISA is and obviously it helps you on the property ladder and the lifetime ISA does pretty much the same thing and however the only different main difference is that obviously with the lifetime ISA you can deposit up to four thousand pounds each financial year instead so it's a little bit more but both ISAs allow you to have a 25% government bonus so yeah yeah the bonus was needed yeah <laughs> like, that was like yeah but what's interesting is you don't see the bonus as well so you do have to kind of calculate it especially when mm. you're ready to submit between you at that stage where you're like this is how much deposit I have you need to make sure that you've calculated the government bonus on top because you will never ever see that 25 percent interesting whereas with the lifetime ISA because I have one myself you get that yeah. you get paid that I think two months after you've deposited money so for me oh. I have my government bonus already in my bank account whereas obviously with the help to buy ISA slightly different so guys again just bear that in mind when comparing the two different ISAs but obviously once you found out that you had enough to save for a deposit how did you begin searching for your property um I knew that I wanted it in the Birmingham West Midlands area yeah <laughs> I wanted it in Birmingham one because I'm from Birmingham and it was just easy access but the prices in Birmingham are really going up at the moment mm-hmm. so I like look further out into like Warsaw, Wolverhampton, Willenhall area um because the house prices are significantly cheaper and they're quite big as well so it was kind of just trial and error really just trial and error just keep going to property viewings it gets really tedious my petrol was just going dropping like (laughs) yeah like in terms of that there's not really much to say other than just obviously you you have a list of what you want to look for so like so I knew that I wanted an investment property. So I knew that I wanted something where I could use it for at least two different property investment strategies. So I wanted it for at least um, single let, like it has to be able to like be like a rentable property. Yeah. Um, 
and also something else, either HMO, which is House of Multiple Occupancy, or um, service accommodation, which is like your Airbnb type of thing. Um, so if it didn't fit any of those three, I knew that it wasn't going to be suitable for me because I like to have like a worst case scenario. So for yeah. me, service accommodation, HMO are like my two t like top ones basically. And then single let is like my backup option because it doesn't generate as much cash flow on a month to month mm -hmm. basis. So that was kind of like more my strategy in terms of what I'm looking for. I think if I was looking for a house that I knew that I was going to live in, I would have found something ages ago. Oh, um, okay. That's interesting. Take me a lot longer to find something that was suitable for like different property investment strategies, especially when you're doing it for like serviced accommodation, for example, it needs to be in an area where people want to come and stay. So mm -hmm be in an area where like the road looks decent the house looks decent you're not compromised on safety in any way not like you would say somewhere yourself where you're compromised on safety but certain things just need to look differently yeah. um when it service accommodation like you're marketing yourself as like almost like in comparison to like a hotel yeah. so you want to make it looks nice hmo is slightly different but at the same time you still want it to look nice as well so that kind of just made my search a little bit more tedious but yeah, just looking at those areas, I did change my mind on what type of house I wanted quite a few times. So I went through a phase where I wanted a house. Then I went through a phase where I wanted a flat. Mm -hmm. Then I wanted a yeah. house slash flat. And then <laughs> yeah. I can't even decide what I want because it's hard to get the balance because with a flat, you need to pay service charge and ground rent. With a masonette, service charge and ground rent, but the yeah. service charge and ground rent are a lot less than it would be on a flat sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, with um, flats and masonettes, they don't go up in value as much as houses do. So I was like, do I just wait a little bit longer until I can afford like a house in a more desirable area? Or do I just go straight for a flat and a masonette? Because I can definitely afford that right now. Yeah. So playing a little bit. And again, me being indecisive adds on time as well. So yeah. Gosh. <laughs> so how long do you roughly think it took you to, you know, from the searching pro the property to finding the actual property? I, I found a property that I put an offering for in... June no July last year oh wow and masonette and I was absolutely in love with it it needed barely like any work doing to it and if I didn't get the that my offer was declined then you call me back like a week later and was like oh we accept your offer now because the, the other person pulled out um so I was going through with that but because of COVID at that time they I couldn't get a mortgage on it oh, um okay amount that I could have um so I stopped looking because I just went on a bit of a strap <laughs> I stopped looking, um from August till about January I just stopped I just said I'm done with this like I'm tired yeah, yeah. I've been so I want to say a good started three months from like January till March I was just searching Interesting. and in March oh, wow. around well fish Oh, okay. So when did you find the perfect house? Like, how did you know that was the one you wanted? Was there any signs, any feelings? <laughs> I think a, a part of you is like, I'm fed up of looking now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so done with looking. Um, I think when it, when it ticks like your must-haves and then it mm -hmm. ticks a lot of yours, like, I would like this as well. Like, you don't need it, but 
it's like a good it's a good addition so like for me having if you do service accommodation it's very desirable to have a drive especially if you're doing it with like um contractors like workers and stuff like that because a lot of them have vans and they need tools so the house it had like um a double drive and I was like oh this is perfect because the other houses in my price range were like terrace houses and they didn't have a roadside parking which is quite tight so that was like oh my god this is a tick um size of bedrooms as well um the size of the bedrooms in this house are okay um the kitchen size I don't know if you can see here but the kitchen is quite big yeah plenty space. <laughs> no more yeah, spiders like, in there I hope <laughs> no they're gone now <laughs> yeah like the kitchen and the living room's a nice size the area is really nice and I think just this was like the best house that I saw in my price range yeah so yeah I would say that really amazing well I've seen the house on your Instagram and I look at I think it's stunning I'm very uh, jealous I aspire <laughs> to get there one day um guys if you want to see what Hayley's house looks like and the renovation she's doing go follow her because she is obviously showing bits and bobs and it's actually very interesting to see and I am learning a bit so we're uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I was starting to do it and then I completely stopped because I didn't realize how time consuming this was going to be yeah and I was like no I want to do it every Sunday I'm going to show what I've done in the week, like, of the house. And then as it started to get to, like, the proper stuff, I said, I can't keep up with this. Yeah, I don't blame you. I can't keep up with this. So I've actually invented, like, everything. I've recorded everything I could possibly think of recording. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to cut it into, like, videos and reels and just show stuff as well because the house should be completely done by this week, um, by the end of this week. Mm-hmm. Um Apart from the garden, um, my garden has gone AWOL. So <laughs> the garden like a construction site with, with no promise of it being finished. So I'll do a I'll do an update of the rest of the house, but I'm starting to feel like more proud of myself now. Like Good. funny enough, the day that I got the keys, I was not happy at all. Like not happy. Like I, I was so like even that day I was crying. I was crying. I was like, I don't feel happy. Like mm. I I think um I was a bit overwhelmed as well because I was just so like this is this is mine and I don't feel like it's mine just yet. There's so much work to do to the house, so I think that's probably why I wasn't feeling as happy as well. But mm-hmm. starting to feel like okay, this is mine now. Like yeah, I yeah, like I've done this because it's cost a lot of money. I can imagine. Yes, I can imagine. But obviously, I know what a lot of people are wondering is what was the mortgage application like. I know a lot of people find that stressful, some maybe don't, but how do you find it for yourself? Um, the mortgage application process, in my opinion, was fairly straightforward and simple. Um, the mortgage broker that I used, he is like a fan, well, he works with the family quite a lot. Um, as I said before, my parents do property. I think I mentioned that before, but my parents yeah. do, and they've been using him for like all their properties. So he was actually like really excited that I was getting my first house. So he was really keen to like just make sure that everything goes through on time and everything is done properly. So I'm quite fortunate in that sense. And if anyone wants to use him, like he's amazing. So you can just message me because I love him to pieces. Big up, John. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably just say that when you put an offer in for a house just start to gather all your information because they will ask for it kind of all at once so like mm-hmm. of id and you need to get like the copy certified so you need to go to a post office to get those copies certified as well 
um, proof of like your bank statements, your savings account statements as well. And if you're with NatWest, um, it's not as straightforward. There was like something that I had to do in my savings account. It wouldn't show it properly. It was showing it from like the year before and not an updated version. So yeah, just little things like that. Just making sure that you're prepared beforehand because the longer you take, the longer the mortgage application process yeah. takes. Yeah. So my mom, again, she was quite good at already letting me know what I was going to need. And also because I already know what I need because I run the page and I do a lot of research on yeah. this type of stuff. I knew what I needed beforehand. There were some things that I wasn't aware of as well. So people that are listening, I know that obviously your page is all about money. So um, <laughs> buy clothes and whatever on those like Klarna, Clearpay, all of that. Make sure they're, they're paid or yeah, because um, I've never ever missed a payment on Klarna or Clearpay, whatever, but they do look at how much you've got outstanding with these um companies that's interesting um, they see it as a loan because technically it's like a they see it as like a payday loan yeah looks like you can't afford to buy the thing straight up so you have to take it out in installments so like I think I literally I must have purchased something for very 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 cheap probably from like pretty little thing or something and you know when you've ordered like a couple of sizes yeah I think I mean I think that, I literally owe them like, I think it was like five pound a time. Like it wasn't anything a major. And then the mortgage broker was, no, I think NatWest came back to me and was like, what is this? Like, why do you have five pound that you owe to this company in like installments? And they didn't know like how long it was going on for. So that was quite interesting for me because I was just like, are you guys being serious? Like it's five pound. If you want to pay, I'll pay it all right now if I need to. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I paid for it at the time because I didn't know what size I wanted in the dress. Like that was literally it um so yeah just little things like that that I was like okay I didn't really know I didn't know that they would look that much into it mm. but they didn't analyze my bank statement as thoroughly as I thought they would do yeah look for like generic things like loans any like habits on like spending mm. little things like going to Nando's and buying clothes it's not really that deep for them it okay. really is yeah. Well, it's really interesting you mentioned about the Klarna and Clearpay and obviously these buy now, pay later schemes because I have read about them in the past. I've not used myself. Yeah. However, I know that a lot of people do say that it can have an impact on your mortgage application. So it's really interesting to yeah. hear it firsthand from you saying that, you know, this isn't a joke. So guys, if you're listening, please bear that in mind if you're looking to buy a house in the future. <laughs> no, 100%. Because I know people that have like pause I think with Klarna you can pause it and I think I can see that having an impact as well wouldn't make you like get declined or anything mm-hmm. what I know but they definitely do look at it as like some sort of loan so yeah just just bear that in mind but yeah to answer your question after all that time of talking the mortgage <laughs> was fairly fairly simple it was fine amazing and obviously we touched a little bit on costs earlier what yeah. were the extra costs that cropped up that you weren't expecting when purchasing your house Okay, so I didn't know about um, the arrangement fees. Um, So I knew that you had a mortgage broker. Well, if you're using a mortgage broker, they have a fee. Yeah. Pay separately to what you pay for your mortgage. So your mortgage lender would have like an arrangement fee. And mine was like £995. And I was just like, do you want that now? Um, but no, you can actually add it onto your mortgage as well. Right, okay. Um, a bit like, whoa, what are you talking Yeah, about? but that's my deposit already gone. <laughs> yeah, that was, I was like, okay, that's a lot of money. 
I knew that you needed a home buyer's report. Okay, you don't need it, but it's good to get it. And what, what is you that? Do, um, so a home buyer's report is where you get a surveyor, they come around to your house and do like an in-depth check of all the different aspects of your house from the roof to the drains to the electric, not, not all do electrical, but they can do like a brief electricals type of thing, but it's also yeah. good to EI, no, EIRC, don't quote me on that, but I think it's called that. It's good to get that before you purchase on a house as well. But yeah, all in all, they come around, do really good checks on the house and they let you know in kind of like a red, amber, green sort of list what is good in the house, what needs improvement maybe after you move in in a couple of months or years or whatever and what needs to be sorted out like right now. Yeah. So things that need to be sorted out right now, you can actually go back and negotiate with the person that you're purchasing the property from and say, you need to fix these before I agree to purchase. Or you can renegotiate the price as well. So my, I had a shed in the garden and inside the shed, it was all rotten. So I did say to him, on the report, it came back as red. So I did say to him that that shed needs to either be removed and replaced or you reduce the price of the house. Um, and he said that he's not going to replace it, he's just going to remove it. And he was very, very adamant about that. Like he was not budging from that. I did try and go, yeah, having it. So he did remove it. There was some, there was a water leak in the house that I wouldn't have been aware of. Mm-hmm. There was the loft hatch was broken. The the front door lock, it wouldn't turn properly. So you basically locked out, you locked in the house. Yeah. So you can you can't get back out. Oh, so gosh. things that you probably wouldn't have realized until you move in, mm-hmm. you know in buyer's report. So it saves you money, it saves you time, it saves you hassle as well. Because the last thing you want is additional stress when you're moving into your property and you're doing things on your property as well. So yeah. it's good to things in the bud before you purchase mm-hmm. so how much was uh, the home buyer's report for you i think it was 385 pounds oh, okay so it's not bad at all that would probably uh, be worth it wouldn't it yeah but it does vary on house to house i think it varies mm-hmm. on the house um and things like that um so it does fluctuate because my mum purchased a house around the same time that i did and hers was like an additional hundred and something pounds because her house is three beds. So it just made a bit of a difference as well. So yeah, don't quote me on that. And obviously all home buyers report prices are completely different. Um, another additional cost, obviously you get the solicitor fees. Mm-hmm. One thing with my solicitor fees is solicitors have like a standard fee. And then what makes it expensive is all the additional costs on top of those. So like you have the land registry um, fee, you have the purchase fee, environmental search, all of those sorts of things. Um, what's really good thing to do is with your solicitor, make sure that you've got like a fixed price because some solicitors, they give you like a generic price and then as time goes on, they add more things on. Yeah. You, know, you can't actually afford the solicitor fee. So you just need to make sure like, is this the final price and there's no extra hidden costs yeah so when I first got like the documentation there was an option to add additional searches on and I opted to add on two extra additional searches I think it probably totaled up to an extra like a hundred and something pounds on top of it and the searches were a coal mining search because when you buy properties in the West Midlands area especially the black country area so the black country is called the black country because it's like coal mines yeah yeah <laughs> I'm looking at people like black country 
yeah. called that because it's a coal mining area. Yeah, yeah. So are built really close to coal mines and it can affect the structure and um, stability of the house. And if your house is too close to a coal mine, mortgage lenders won't actually borrow you any money against the house. They'll just decline. So most of the times you have to buy them type of properties in cash only as well. So I opted for that just to make sure that it wasn't too close. So there are some in this area, but it's just not in close proximity to the house. Yeah. So opted in for the HS2 search. So the HS2 is like a new train line that's running like through the UK, but I know that they're really big on making the commute from London to Birmingham like 45 Quicker. minutes. Yeah. So um, the HS2 is actually running through where the house is. So I needed a search on that as well, because sometimes if it's too close, it can affect the, um, I don't actually know what it affects, but it affects something. <laughs> <laughs> it affects something. Um, so I- Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of people, again, wouldn't know one the costs that crop up. I think a lot of people assume that the minute you've got your deposit saved, that's your deposit just on the house. But guys, if no. you're listening, there can be some extra costs. Obviously, that can come up. Thank you for sharing all of that, Haley. Before I let you go, I've got an interesting question for you. Yeah. Is there anything you wish you knew before you bought your property? Um, I wish I knew how annoying workers are (laughs) (laughs) I think one one advice for people that are buying a property especially if you're buying a property in an area where the house prices are low but the property is definitely needs some sort of like modernization at the property Mm. that do contact contractors before you complete on the house get them to look around the house and get them to give you quotes so that you can start to weigh up your options before you get the keys because I wanted it so I get the key and then someone was in the next day painting and decorating mm-hmm. I got a lot of quotes no I didn't get a lot of quotes but I got some quotes and I didn't understand the quotes I didn't understand that they actually costed that much I never in my life knew that painting and decorating costed that much <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm a spreadsheet person and I made a spreadsheet of like all my costs like for like redecorating this whole place and if you compare the numbers it looks like I'm an idiot like an actual idiot <laughs> like I think I I think I put like something stupid like 800 pounds to paint the whole house oh wow and um (laughs) definitely wasn't that um I got quotes almost triple that so wow (laughs) yeah so I think it's just like maybe if you have like a handyman or you have contractors that you know personally to get them to come round and kind of like go over the house with you to say, this is going to cost this much. So I didn't realise that some of the walls needed skimming. I didn't know some of the walls needed sanding. I didn't know that the paint that the previous landlord used was the wrong paint. So the guy actually had to do the job twice. Oh um, I didn't pay, he had to do the job twice. So it's extra materials. So just like knowing these sorts of things beforehand from an expert can just reduce the stress as well yeah yeah these people want things like there and then Mm. and can't always give them that especially when you're working yeah hard to like answer phone calls and be like okay I'm just gonna get this I'm gonna get that so yeah I would definitely say get the what like contacting workers contacting like builders before you complete get them to come down give you quotes give you like an understanding of what things are going to look like yeah. before so that you can kind of get a you can kind of budget a little bit better yeah I wish I had a lot better because now I'm eating bread and water <laughs> like, <laughs> 
bread and water. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I wish I knew that beforehand as well. But luckily, I've been okay with the workers, except the gardener. He's gone missing. But oh, other than that, everybody has been fantastic. But like I said before, like when I showcase the house and stuff I'll put everyone's details in because everyone's done an amazing especially the bathroom fitter the bathroom fitter shout out to him because really <laughs> his work is insanely neat very very neat yeah that's it really that's amazing. that's what well interesting well thank you very much for sharing that Hayley because that's not something I probably would have thought about before I think especially when like maybe Instagram now you see loads of these influencers are buying their house and obviously they're getting people to come in and renovate it so then you think oh yeah like I'm gonna just buy a house and just renovate it and I don't think people really understand the real cost of renovating a house <laughs> do you know what I'll tell you a story like my friend came here the other day and it's about people not being like knowledgeable about how much these things cost because she came here and she was like do you know what? I would have just knocked the wall down and like made it open. <laughs> I said, are you paying for this wall? <laughs> like you're saying just knock it down, but who's putting it back together? And I said, if it costs me almost a thousand pounds to skim the ceiling, how much do you think it would cost to build up all that? Like be realistic about like, yeah, all these yeah. would like zero pounds and zero pence. So <laughs> why are you adding on additional costs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't really let too many people into this house in terms of like friends and family to see it because people just say annoying things. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Like, oh, yeah, why don't you get this? Why don't you get that? And it's like, unless you're paying for it, please don't. <laughs> don't yeah. suggest. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to be, to stick within a budget and make things look very, very nice. Yeah. Um, because like I said on my page with my kitchen I wish I could do this whole kitchen completely from scratch but I can't and I've had to literally like hold my tongue with a lot of things because it's not exactly how I want it to look but in comparison to how it was before it's yeah huge improvement yeah it's an improvement as well yeah well amazing well thank you obviously for sharing that and all of the information you shared in today's podcast I have learned a lot and hopefully you guys listening have too but before I let you go Hayley where can people find you if they're looking for more property tips and information um so you can find me on Instagram on let's talk property and it's let's talk property underscore um and then I also have my podcast let's talk property podcast and that's on apple podcast and spotify as well so you can find me there and any questions on the home buying process just message me and as you already know guys i talk a lot so you can <laughs> have a conversation <laughs> yeah you don't need to be shy around me <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much Haley, for joining me no problem thank you for having me as well i appreciate it you're welcome thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the all things money podcast For more All Things Money, make sure you follow us on social media, subscribe to the podcast and make sure you tune back in next week.